When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, Alex, we got quite a bit to talk about today. Obviously, finally got news on roster cuts. We know what the 53 actually looks like now. I know that you're actually working on a piece about the 2018 draft, though, which I'm pretty 2022. Interested in. 2022, I'm sorry, 2022. <laughs> so there's so many numbers in my head right I now. I wish 2018 so, was just a year ago. That'd be a good time. Wouldn't it? So before we get into uh, depth on each of the positions, we're just going to go through each one and see what each of our takes are. What are your thoughts exactly on the 2022 draft? So I think, you know, this has kind of been the one of the big overarching takes today is that, oh, you know, look at this. All these guys are getting cut from 2022. So of their 10 picks, five got cut or traded in the last two days, all on mm-hmm. offense. And a sixth, I think, is going to be out for an extended period of time coming up with Tyquan Thornton. We'll see if he ends yeah. up on IR. And so a lot of people want to jump down the, uh, you know, Patriots can't draft rabbit hole, which fine. Let me preface this by saying I tweeted this out today and I was accused of making excuses. This is not excuses. This is context. I am not mm-hmm. uh, excusing them for having a bad draft. I am explaining why and how they had a bad draft. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to remember, like I never judge drafts in hindsight. I think it's stupid. You can Mm -hmm. only go with the information you have at the time. So let's go with the information the Patriots had at the time. Where Mm -hmm. were the Patriots heading into the draft last year? Matt Patricia was replacing Josh McDaniels, taking over the offense. They were getting ready to install that Shanahan West Coast zone-based thing, whatever that was. Mm -hmm. So you look at who they drafted. Tyquan Thornton, especially in the the top 150 picks, Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton, Pierre Strong, Bailey Zappi. These are guys, Zappi a little bit less, but the other three... These are all guys that were drafted to play in a Shanahan zone-based offense. Right. Well, what happened? That completely fell apart. It didn't even make it through mm-hmm. the season. The The offense was shelved. And so now you look at, you know, how can they give up on a guy like Pierre Strong this early? Why can't Tyquan make any headroom? Why are we so concerned about Cole Strange? Because they reached on players expecting the system to elevate those players. Right. They felt these guys will be more of a sure thing here because we're playing them to their strengths. And then they didn't end up doing that. I would have liked to see them give Pierre strong a chance in their new offense. Cause I think he has some abilities that w- would carry over. I would like to see Ty. Well, we saw Tyquan Thornton get a chance in the new offense. It didn't really work. Uh, Cole strange, the book's still out. I thought he really could have used this summer to improve. And he didn't get that because of injury. And he told us today he gained weight. He's up to 308 pounds, which for a guard in their new offensive system is not a lot. So Mm -hmm. I I just think it's really interesting to look at that. I don't think this is – people are linking it to the drafts in in 17, 18, and 19. I I think it's different. Those drafts to me were more – they were drafting very much for the here and now. There was very little future outlook. They took a bunch of high floor, low ceiling players, banking on Brady to elevate, and then Brady left, and you lost yeah. that element. This is different. 
this is, and this is something I've said, and I, I said this on Patriots Beat with, with Brian, uh, with Brian Hines last week when, when Pierre Strong got traded. And people kind of jumped to me in the comments because I'm somebody who's gotten on Matt Patricia. People say it's it's just what I use to excuse Mac Jones, whatever. I was not exaggerating last year when I said Matt Patricia set them back years. Mm. And you're seeing that now because you have a whole draft that, and look, some of these guys will be back. They'll be back on the practice squad. Maybe even get back on the active roster. Tyquan Thornton will get healthy at some point. But you're seeing a whole draft that could end up essentially being a wash because they were drafted to play in an offense that they're never going to end up playing in because that offense itself was never going to end up working because they had to get rid of it. So that there's two, even the big story day, which is Zappy is kind of folded into that 2022 draft. And I, I think there's other things with Zappy beyond the offensive system where it comes to how the quarterback position was handled last year and Patricia and Belichick's handling of that, that you're seeing the coaching and, and it's, Beyond Patricia, I'm bringing up Patricia because he's the face of what the offense was, but it's obviously just as much on Bill. He's the one who ultimately made the decisions to put the people in charge who were in charge. You're seeing the coaching decisions of last year have a lasting impact. And I think that, to me, is the big story of today's roster cuts. And we're going to address all these players in the in terms yeah. of the system right now. But I will say, so Bailey Zappi won. You know, we're going to talk about, I guess we can kind of start with quarterback here. It released Trace McSorley. That was pretty straightforward. We all knew that was going to happen. Malik Cunningham, I think he was someone where we were debating, is he going to make the roster? Is he going to be in the practice squad? I personally had him on the practice squad because they seemed to be either seriously considering him a wide receiver or they were hiding him as a quarterback because he was not drafted for a reason. They gave him a big signing bonus, so clearly they wanted him. But I think the big difference maker, if he was to be poached off the practice squad, would have been if teams saw that he could really throw. I think there was enough of that that it moved the needle where he's a legitimate candidate to get poached. So I think he's going to be on the practice squad. Bailey Zappi, we've seen him struggle significantly with the progressions in Bill O'Brien's offense. We see him hold on to the ball. It seems like his confidence has been shaken because the accuracy has been pretty inconsistent, especially once the pads came on. When you talk about the Shanahan system, it's relatively easy for quarterbacks because – it doesn't ask them to do a whole lot. Like you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, an astounding number of his throws, especially downfield crossing routes. Like the Shanahan system is notorious for quarterbacks not really having to make those downfield throws to the sidelines. It's a very quarterback friendly system. We saw last year with Bailey Zappi in that type of system where it was kind of like, all right, turn your brain off. Don't make a mistake and make the throws out of there. He was fine. He looked good. So much so that people thought that Mac Jones might have been a problem and wasn't really someone who should have been in that leadership role as a starting quarterback. Now we're seeing Bill O'Brien where he really gives his quarterbacks the keys of the kingdom and says, okay, you can make the adjustments. You need to be able to read what the defense is doing. I will put you in position to succeed. You need to be able to do all the work post-snap and make the right decisions. And that's not really where Bailey Zappi thrives. So relative to the quarterback position, I think you were spot on where I think after what we've seen in the preseason, there's not a huge risk of Bailey Zappi maybe getting poached because he didn't put a lot of good tape out in the past few games. Yeah, I still don't love it. I get why they're in, and do people freaking out about this? They did this before. They did this in 2021 with Brian Hoyer. Now it's a little different. Hoyer didn't have to go through waivers, but mm -hmm. I I think Ian Rapport reported earlier that he thinks Zappy's going to get claimed. For that reason, I don't love it. I, I mm -hmm. still think for all his warts this summer, here's the problem with, with the Bailey Zappy discourse in New England. You either had to believe he was actually the starter and better than Mac Jones, or you had to believe he sucked and didn't belong in the league. And in the reality, he's in the middle. He's a good mm -hmm. backup quarterback. I have said from the beginning, I think he's somewhere between the 30th and 35th best quarterback in the NFL. So 
very low-end starter, high-end backup. I think Mac is probably in the 12 to 20 range right now, for reference. That's pretty fair. Yep. So and- I, I, I mean, I, I think Zappi gets claimed. They had a good backup. They had him on a rookie contract. I don't think they need to do this. Who did they get on the roster to do this? Sean Wade, you probably could have gotten Sean Wade through waivers. I feel like you get Sean Wade through waivers before you get Bailey Zappi through waivers. Um, who, are, who are some of the other guys that that uh, might get there that made the team? I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the top of my head. I'll have to pull um, up. Going through really quick. I don't think Sam Roberts. Uh, Sam Roberts Amir is Speed. a guy I think you could have gotten through waivers. Amir Speed's a guy I think you could have gotten through waivers. Absolutely. Let's That's see. probably the list. Because the other thing you yeah. got to remember here is you just burned Bailey Zappi's rookie contract. He's now yeah. a free agent if he comes back. So... I don't as rough as a, of a summer as Bailey Zappi had. I don't love the idea that they essentially just threw away backup quarterback security for the next three years. I get that, but I also do think that considering what we saw from Bailey Zappi, if something happened to Mac, I think they would have been better off. And I don't know what the veteran market is like from their perspective and who they're trying to bring in. But considering what Bill O'Brien asks of his quarterbacks, I do think that a veteran would probably be better in that backup role than someone like a Bailey Zappi. And we even heard that they're trying to get Trace McSorley back in some capacity. I don't personally love that. I don't think in terms of throwing ability and, you know, consistency, he's an NFL quarterback. But, you know, with the Zappi thing, I understand to a degree, especially because, and we'll talk about this as well, there were so many positions where they had to really stock guys up. Like you talk about offensive line, they have 11 offensive linemen. No one had that in their projection because 11 is a crazy number to have. But because of all their injuries, it kind of screwed them. And then you look at cornerback as well. Now, it's a little different because I think Amir Speed's more of a specialist, but he still can play cornerback. He's more like a Brandon Bolden where you're going to see mostly on special teams. But if something happens, he can't play cornerback. So there were certain positions where they had more bodies than I think people expected. And I guess they looked at it and were like, hey, I mean, we got to keep people in other positions. This is something we're willing to risk. Uh, but let's move on to running back. So I'm not keeping you all night. Uh, they only kept two guys. Ramondre I would Steve just say what, what, one thing on that last point. If they are going to go veteran, there's only two guys they should call. Uh, Colt McCoy and A.J. McCarron. That's pretty much the whole list. If if Hoyer becomes free, I, I think him as well. But he's in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. What I would This isn't going to happen, but this would be one of the funniest things. that like I would laugh my ass off. Uh Aiden O'Connell's outplayed Jimmy Garoppolo in oh, Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Give me Jimmy Garoppolo to back up Mac Jones. I like it. You actually made a lot of good points about AJ McCarron. There's the Alabama connection. There's the yeah. Bill O'Brien connection. He's yeah. a fantastic fit. Uh, so running backs. Only kept two. Ty Montgomery was released. I think we all expect that once people are put on injured reserve short term, he's going to be coming back because they're not going in the season with two running backs. That's insane. Uh, J.J. Taylor was waived, and according to Karen Gregian, he's probably looking for greener pastures elsewhere, somewhere where he can actually have a role because he's been pretty much a career practice squad guy. Then Kevin Harris, another guy I think we expect to be back on the practice squad. C.J. Marable, you know, we didn't really see much. Any surprises, any big takeaways from what happened at that position? I The J.J. Taylor thing interests me, and Karen Gregian reported that he doesn't necessarily want to come back on the practice squad. He wants to go somewhere that he's going to have a chance to play. I wonder if he thought that before seeing all the cuts, because mm-hmm. if he comes back on the practice squad, he's the next guy up. Yeah. He's the third guy. He'd probably be game day elevation. I wonder if maybe now he'd be more receptive to coming back or even if maybe knowing that he feels that way and only having two running backs on the roster, if after somebody's IR, whether it's Tyquan Thornton or rather reef, I think these are the two guys that are the obvious, mm-hmm. um, are the obvious picks that he actually gets signed to a 53 man roster spot. You don't think, what do you think of Ty Montgomery? You think he's actually gone? 
I yeah, I you can't trust him. It's just tough. You can't trust him because he doesn't stay healthy. What are you yeah. doing? So I think maybe they bring him back on the practice squad. He's just such a risky guy to um to count on given his sure. his injury. I'll I'll I just want to pull this up real quick to go back to it because it's a mm-hmm. point a lot of people miss. And uh, I confirmed this with Pat Cap earlier. When you waive somebody, you cut them. So if he gets claimed on waivers, he keeps his rookie deal, talking about Zappy. Otherwise, it's if you sign to the practice squad, you sign to a new contract. If you then elevate him to the practice squad, he gets a new contract. Maybe he agrees to a three-year deal, a little money, and, and it's whatever. But his rookie contract's gone. That mm. is gone. If they sign to the practice squad, at the end of the year, he becomes a free agent. He would have to sign a futures deal. Or we saw him Kevin Harris last season. They burned his rookie deal because right. he ended up on the practice squad. So that like that that's why sometimes you see teams keep certain rookies, even if it doesn't make sense. That's why I, I've talked about this, Taylor, and I know we're gonna get to the offensive line, but they handcuffed mm-hmm. themselves in this draft. They took three offensive linemen in the top 150. You can't cut those guys, you can't burn those contracts. It's poor asset management. And I'm not saying cutting Bailey Zappi or trading Pierre Strong was good asset management, but they put themselves in a position where they had to make a bad asset management move. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It absolutely is. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Game sets ma.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account, a current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime. Yeah, I thought that Jake Andrews was somebody who might have ended up on injured reserve because he's not going to play this season. Like he's, I don't even know if he's necessarily the top backup center because Ference is basically the Terminator. He's always going to be back. Um, I don't think he'd really want to. Yeah, he go made the team else. very quietly, didn't he? I think he got cut, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah. See, that, James I, Ferentz is just kind of in the background. He's always sort of yeah. in the background. He'll be back <laughs> on the practice squad. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, I don't see that Jake Andrews comes back, but we'll get to that later as well. Wide receiver. Pretty much what we expected considering Kayshawn Booty did only played one drive against the Titans. It seemed like he had done enough in camp and with that great play against the Packers that he was someone they weren't going to risk putting on waivers. This one's pretty straightforward. Season-ending injured reserve for Trey Nixon, and they waived Thyric Pitts. Any big takeaways there? I'm just glad they kept them all. I'm really glad because mm-hmm. we'll, I'm not sold yet on Kayshawn. And honestly, I'm not entirely sold on Demario Douglas. Like, they're NFL players. <gasps> to what extent, I don't know. 
No, but I mean, like, the people who are like, Demario Douglas, 1,000-yard season. Like, uh, yeah, of course. They're NFL players. To what extent, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right? Mm-hmm. Are they top of the depth chart guys? Are they middle of the depth chart guys? Are they emergency guys? They, they both belong in the NFL. And that's not nothing. How many yeah. wide receivers have the Patriots drafted the last few years that didn't even belong in the NFL? Like, mm-hmm. I already feel better about both these guys than I ever felt about Nikhil Harry. But And the night, oh, sorry, go on. You know, but, but I'm just, so the point is, like, you still got to see what they are. I, I, they made enough progress, though, that I don't think the Patriots could afford to walk away from them. Because if you cut Kayshawn Booty and he goes somewhere else and he's a guy, mm-hmm. you're going to be kicking yourself for a team that can't yeah. develop, that can't find wide receivers. So me me and Evan have this this developed. We never even planned this. This kind of became a thing just in the way we talk. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about players, sometimes a player's a guy and sometimes a player's a dude, right? We refer to some <laughs> players as guys, we refer to some players as dudes. Uh, Kayshawn Booty, Demario Douglas, both guys. Mm. I'm not ready to say either one's a dude yet. I'm not saying they can't be. I think they both totally could be dudes. Yeah. We got to find out. I'm just really glad we're going to find out here rather than have them go somewhere else and find out. Kind of like a Braxton Berrios thing, right? A guy that let her, um, mm. who are some of the other ones? I was talking to Bob Sosie about this today and he had a really, oh, uh, Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore since. is another one. Remember? Uh-huh. Kenny yeah. Moore was a UDFA. That was a weird situation, though, because I don't think he liked being on the team. Like, he, he is not saying good here, but, <laughs> Right, but, but the idea, like, I'm glad it's not one of those situations. I'm glad those yeah. guys are here, and, and the Patriots are going to give them the chance in their uniform to figure out if they're dudes or not. Because if even one of them is, it, it's a game changer. And they're in good positions, that's what I was going to say, because they don't have to be dudes right away. I like, I really like this depth chart because they have Parker, Bourne, and Juju. Three reliable veterans. You baseline know what they are. Kendrick Bourne looks like he's in line for a career year, looking like their best separator. Like he could be, I don't want to say a high volume guy quite yet, but I mean, if he keeps producing like this and the way they're running their system, it's very possible. So Demario Douglas and Kayshawn Booty aren't going to be asked to have big roles. It's mix them in, see what they can do. If they can handle a certain workload, all right, we'll see what else they can handle and kind of ease them in. So I really like where they are there, especially considering the tight end position. I think even though it's just two guys, it's well-stocked. You got Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki, who shed his red non-contact jersey. So he's pretty much a full go um, in terms of that aspect. They released Anthony Ferkser. He wasn't at practice. I thought he was a guy who was almost a practice squad lock unless he wanted to go somewhere else. Um, because he's a veteran, he's not subjected to waivers, so he can kind of do whatever he wants, hoping he'll be back because I like that he gave them kind of a chess piece element there. They waived Matt Sokol. He doesn't have any accrued seasons. Another guy I think is very likely to end up on the practice squad. They got rid of Scotty Washington and Johnny Lumpkin as well on waivers. I wasn't that surprised. Scotty hasn't really done much. He's really like a Gesicki where he's pretty much a receiver. He's not really a tight end. Um, but hasn't been consistent catching the ball, a lot of bobbles and things like that. And Johnny Lumpkin, I just didn't think he showed as much as a blocker as you would want from somebody who's essentially a Mike Williams type where he's like, you know, a couple cheeseburgers away from being an offensive tackle, not to be condescending, but like he's a really big dude, <laughs> not really a receiver. Any takes there? No, not really. I, I They'll elevate these tight ends. They'll have a third tight end on game day, I believe it. But it mm-hmm. always felt like they were going to be able to get those guys to the practice squad. That's a, that. It's kind of like the, the same thing I was saying was happy. Like, that's a spot where if they used up a spot, mm, you didn't need to do that. I will mm-hmm. say, though, Zach Koontz got cut. So I would like to see them add another tight end maybe to that. That is squad. interesting. I didn't know about yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. You got waived by the Jets. Um, so I'm looking at just my roster. I separate tackle and interior offensive lines. Probably stupid considering how much they mix and match. Um, but, you know, I like to break down the situation. So offensive tackle, 
Trent Brown, Calvin Anderson, who's back, seemed like he was in great spirits. We got to talk to him in the locker room. Seems like a very sweet guy. Um, he was talking about how grateful he was and how much he valued the opportunity now that he's got new perspective. Really glad to see him off the non-football injury list. Interesting thing there, and we can talk about that, how the tackle situation is going to work out when he comes back. Um, and then as well, City So, Tyrone Wheatley Jr., who they traded Pierre Strong for from the Browns, and Badarian Lowe, who they got from the Vikings for a sixth-round pick. Season-ending injured reserve, you got Connor McDermott. That seemed pretty likely, especially after they traded for the two young tackles and the fact that we haven't seen McDermott in a while. And then on waivers, we had Andrew Stuber, who Matt Groh and Belichick have said he's essentially a rookie. Uh, and I don't think he was put in a very good position, quite frankly, because he's clearly not an NFL left tackle. Uh, he's probably more of a right tackle or a guard. And Micah Vanterpool, he seemed more like a camp body. Uh, but how do you think this tackle situation is going to shake out? Considering Calvin Anderson, most of his career has been at left tackle. He's looked at his best when he's at left tackle. And Trent Brown can play both and has looked good at right tackle. So what is going on there in your opinion? I think their plan, and I think their plan since the spring has been to just bring in as many pieces as possible, bring in as many players as possible. And, you know, if everybody has a 20% ch chance of panning out, then if you bring in five guys, you got a 100% chance you're going to find somebody. It's a fallacy, but like if you're going to throw it, throw things against the wall and see what sticks, the more things you throw, the higher chance one of them sticks. And it feels like that's where they're at. You know, we hear Bill Belichick talk a lot about how. September's a continuation of the preseason. We're going to see it with this offensive line. I think you're going to see moving pieces. I think they're going to keep trying things and they're going to keep working to find that, that best five. And they've given themselves as many options as possible. We'll see what happens with Riley reef. I think this number ends up coming down. Like it does at wide receiver. I think Taekwondo ends up on IR. I think Riley reef ends up on IR, Yeah, but yeah, they're, they're just going to experiment. So they're giving themselves options. I do like Fedarian low. I liked him in the draft last year. I think there's something to be said. Look, ideally, a player's good all two, three, four years he's starting. And there are those guys that exist, but those are first-round picks. I, I do think there is value in looking for the guy that improves. His rate of improvement is faster than average because that's a guy that knows how to learn, knows how to get better. And you've seen a lot of those players really come on in the NFL, and I would categorize Vidarian Lowe as one of those players. A four-year starter at Illinois that I thought really progressed his game from year to year. So if you need somebody who knows how to fit into the system quick and get good quick, Vidarian Lowe did it in college, so we'll see. But I, I still think it's kind of a crapshoot. I still think that they're just crossing their fingers and hoping that, you know, they'll keep throwing groups of five out there until one of them kind of looks good, and then they'll ride that as long as they can. Do you think Vidarian Lowe is a left tackle? Because I know he's played some right tackle, but do you think his best position is on the left, or is he a true swing? I think in their system, he's a true swing. Because mm -hmm. as dumb as this sounds, Taylor, you know this, a big part of their right tackle mold is be big and strong. Yeah. And he is that. So mm -hmm. I think he has the ability to play over there for them. Uh, I I don't like, what do they want to do with Trent? So this is what's interesting. Calvin Anderson and Trent Brown have not been on the field together, period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, you know, Trent Brown didn't practice at all in the spring. Calvin, Bra uh, Calvin Anderson hasn't practiced at all in the summer. Calvin mm -hmm. Anderson is a true left tackle. So, yeah. Is he moving a right tackle out of position? Is Trent moving a right tackle where That's he played in 2021? Yeah. I feel like you can do some of that same math with Vidarian Lowe. He's probably more of a true left tackle than right tackle, but if we're doing the best five that Dante Skarnecki used to always talk about, mm -hmm. I think Vidarian Lowe gives you enough at right tackle where if Trent Brown's on the left side or Calvin Anderson's on the left side, I yeah, I think he's probably a right tackle in that. He can be a right tackle in that context. 
What do you think? Def- I mean, de- definitely positional versatility. He can play on both sides, but I think the circumstances of this roster dictate him playing on the right side. What do you think is the best tackle duo? Now, this is also considering Calvin Anderson hasn't played, so he's going to have a curve. And then, obviously, Darian Lowe is going to have his own learning curve because he's new to the system. Also, Tyrone Wheatley. I don't know what you think of him, but who do you think? I'm not super high on him. Uh, okay. It's it's Trent Brown and Mike Onwenu. And, I, frankly, I don't think it's close. Uh, that, I mean, that doesn't count because they okay. would rather oh. die, apparently, <laughs> than put Mike Onwenu in No, tackles, he played so. one snap at right tackle today during practice. Did he? Okay, I missed yes. that. So, hopes up. But oh my God, if I can't response. do Mike Onwenu, it's assuming – so it's weird because a guy's coming off an illness. And we don't know what the illness was, but he's football cleared. But where is he at physically? He's going to need a buildup period. He's going to be ready for week one. Assuming Calvin Anderson is ready, assuming he's in the shape he was in in the spring, I do think it's Calvin Anderson on the left side, Trent Brown on the right side. I don't feel great about that. Uh, behind that, I would say – Trent Brown on the left side, Vidarian Lowe on the right side. I, the gap's not massive. You could sell me on that. I'm not like locked into it, but it's Trent Brown and Mike Owen That's just what it is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The thing about Vidarian Lowe that scares me, man, is the inside counters that he allows. That scares the hell out of me because you can't really get around him. And I agree. I like him as a run blocker, but it just seems like he does not have the foot speed. I think he's a good athlete. But I don't think he has the foot speed to redirect and stop those. And with a guy like Mac, like that's it. I well, think that's a big deal breaker. That's why I think you put him on the right side next to Michael Nguyen, who's probably your best offensive lineman who can kind of help shade his inside. This is where it gets tricky. And this goes back to some of that 2022 draft stuff I was talking about. It, Taylor, I saw you said this on Twitter. I know a lot of people say this. You can cover up one spot on the offensive line. If you have four good offensive linemen, you can get by last year. Trent Brown, uh, not Trent Brown. Sorry. Cole strange was the guy they covered up. Mm-hmm. He was good at times, but you saw when when David Andrews wasn't out there, and they had to cover up James Ferentz at center instead. Cole Strange got benched; like he couldn't yeah. finish games yeah. when David Andrews wasn't out there. The question becomes: Is can Cole Strange become a guy you don't need to cover up? Because if he can hold his own, you can keep Mike on one at right tackle and experiment at right guard. You can do that. Because you can cover up Vidarian Low by having Mike Goodwin to help him out. If Cole Strange needs to be helped, you have to put Mike Owen at right tackle because I think it's I think Riley Reef can hold his own at right guard. I actually think Antonio Moffey might be able to hold his own at right guard. Especially mm-hmm. if it's a couple weeks into the season, he sees a little more, a little more ball, a little more padded practices. I don't I'm, know about Vidarian Low at right tackle. I, I know about City So at right tackle. He's gonna need to be covered up. Uh, Riley Reeves probably need to be couldn't need to be covered up out there. He doesn't have the foot speed anymore. So this whole thing to me hinges on Cole Strange, mm-hmm. and can he be better than he was last year? I will say you saw I talked to him in the locker room. You would think with somebody who's lighter like Cole Strange, his problem would be that he gets pushed back. That's not actually true. He's pretty good at like re-anchoring and using his leverage to stop himself from just getting pushed back. His issue was really independent hand usage. And what people victimized him with was two hand swipes. So he would often just try to get in the guy's bodies with both hands and they would just push them aside. He'd be off balance and they'd get right by him. I noticed it was like every sack that he gave up, it was the same thing. So I asked him today, I noticed that that was kind of an issue with you last year. Is that something you worked on this offseason? And he told us, like you said, he gained weight. And he said the biggest reason for that 
was actually that he wasn't confident in his size and his strength. So he was being overzealous and trying to initiate contact. And you saw Cam Hayward just took him to the woodshed a few times because guys were smart and they knew that, especially if they were bigger and had more power. So he would overextend, get off balance, and then they'd get right by him. So hopefully, now he's got another year in the system, obviously not playing in the summer. That's going to hurt. But if he's got that confidence in himself and says, okay, I don't have to necessarily like engage all the time. I can kind of be better with my hands and be more confident in my set and really have my weight back and be able to be stern and handle things better. That's a positive sign. So, you know, one thing to look out for there. Yeah. So I just, hmm. I, I wonder like, yeah, he was asked today about putting on weight and I think he said he's up to 308 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's Patriots tackles usually played at least 315, 320. So I, I don't know how much like he might have put on weight. I don't. And that tells me he was playing under 300 last year, which for a tackle in the modern NFL is uh, rare. And to so. be fair, I mean, even still in this modern era where everyone's trying to run outside zone, it's not like no one. There's not a lot of light guards. There's plenty of light guards in the league. It just at that point becomes a technician game. Like, obviously, there's a certain level where, like, if you are too light, yes, you are going to struggle. But if you are, if you're not like a Mike and Wonder where you're 330 and guys just can't get through you or like an Antonio, Antonio Mafi. Then that's where your handwork, your leverage, your body weight right. distribution, that's where those things are more important. So hopefully those are things that he feels more confident in and can get under control. I feel like we pretty much touched on interior offensive line. Um, so David Andrews, Mike Nwenu, Cole Strange, Miley Reef, but, you know, plays both. Antonio Mafi, Jake Andrews. They released James Ferentz. They waived He'll Bill be Murray. Yeah, He'll be back. He's the Terminator. <laughs> and they waived Bill Murray, Cody Rusey, and Chasen Hines. Now – I think Bill Murray and Cody Rusey, they've been living on the practice squad. They'll be back there. They'll be back. Jason Hines, Hines might be back too. I, but I question because he changed his picture on Twitter to him no longer in a patch uniform, and he said like on to bigger and better things or something like that. So I don't know if he's as much of a lock to come back on the practice squad as we think. So that said, from my perspective, what do you think are his chances of coming back? I, he should be back. I thought he was good. I thought he had a good summer. Yeah. If, if they didn't, we, we sort of talked about I think this. They before. want him back for sure. We talked about this before. They have that – they handcuffed themselves having to keep those three linemen they drafted, even though two of them shouldn't play this year. Mm-hmm. And if those guys are seventh-round picks, whatever, you burn the rookie contract, you put them on the practice squad, it's harder when they're fourth and fifth-round picks. Had I like had Jake Andrews and City so not needed to be on the roster, I think Jason Hines is still here. Of that mm-hmm. interior group, Ferentz, Rusi, right? Hines was the best player. So I think there's a chance he has claimed because he put some good tape out there. They should be they should be trying to get him back if they can get him back. I agree. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Forward offense, moving to defense. Interior defensive line. We've got Devon Godshaw, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore, Daniel Equale, and one of my personal favorites, Sam Roberts, who I have been ringing that bell for a while. I was very happy to see that. They released Carl Davis Jr., it was a surprise externally, but when you look at his social media, he basically said, don't feel bad for me. Don't say, oh, you know, that wasn't fair. He seemed to feel that he did not do enough to earn a roster spot, which you rarely hear players say that. It was really interesting. And they waved Jeremiah Farms, who I think we all expect to be back on the practice squad, and Justice Tavai, 
who I was curious that they released him so early or waived him rather because they don't have a lot of depth at true nose tackle. It's really just Godshaw right now. So what do you think is going to happen there? And what were your thoughts on Sam Roberts? Because I've been living in an echo chamber. So first off, you you called Sam Roberts. I forget if I was on the show with you or we were just talking a couple of weeks ago. And you're like, what about Sam Roberts on the roster? Really? And, and then I, maybe it's because you were in Green Bay and I wasn't. You saw him there, but then he had a good week leading up to the Titans game, played well in the Titans game. And it just shows you can make a late push for a roster. And it goes to something I talk about all the time. Not every training camp practice is the same. Certain practices hold way more weight than others. Those joint practices hold a ton of weight. He was good there. He was good in games. Excellent. And that's, that's how he works his way on the roster. So shout out to him for that. And shout out to you for seeing it. Like you said, you were the first one on that train. As for nose tackle, I do think they should add another nose tackle. I think they should add depth behind Devon Godshaw. Maybe Carl Davis comes back on the practice squad. The other guy that's interesting, Danny Shelton got cut by the Chiefs today. Yes. Old yeah. friend, Danny Shelton. And first of all, people are going to be like, he's ancient. What are you talking about? He's only 30. I was surprised by that. I looked it mm-hmm. up before I tweeted it. He's only 30. That's not old. It's not young, but it's not old. Uh, you're basically asking him to go out there and get in the way. I don't know that you need to give him a 53-man roster spot. You probably put him on the practice squad if you need, right? You're playing a strong inside running team. You elevate him. Wouldn't be a bad call to make in my mind. That's a guy I, I could see having a role on this team. I'm sure there's other nose tackles that got cut today. I saw Maurice Hurst got cut. I know they like him. But he's more that more athletic right? interior. What? Yeah, he's more of a penetrator, right? Yeah, athletic. He's more like that Christian Barmore, Daniel Quale type. Mm-hmm. Now, he's still a guy on my radar because they might just bring him to the practice squad because they like him and get him in the building. And then, hey, if you need some, you know, Barmore gets hurt, Quale gets hurt, you have a guy. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, Danny Shelton is a guy I would like to see them call. I, I, and I don't know where he's at health-wise. He only played one game last year. Maybe he's, like, physically cooked. But mm-hmm. just on the surface – that kind of player, uh, I do think it would make some people bring up Mike Purcell in the chat. I saw he got cut too. He's sort of similar. Uh, no, adding, he's not allowed in Foxborough after what he did to David Andrews. Oh, I forgot that was him. You're yeah, right. Yeah, no, no yeah. on Mike Purcell. Good call. Yeah. Uh, no on Mike Purcell. No on uh, Kenny Robinson. If you remember him, yeah, <laughs> the Panther safety that was starting all the fights last year. Yeah, I meant to see if he got cut today. Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see them add another nose tackle. Just Danny Shelton being out there, I think, would make a lot of sense. Ken, uh, Kenny Robinson waived by the Steelers. So he is available, but uh, no. I really like Danny Shelton. I was heartbroken when he ended up getting cut. So I'm all for that one. And also, Lawrence Guy is 33. Yeah. So, you know, 30 is not that old for an interior so defensive I, line. I, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know if Shelton's still the same player he was when he was here mm-hmm. the first time, but if he's close, yeah. yeah, there's a role for him. All right, edge defender. We've got Matt Judon, Dietrich Wise, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, Keon White. Pretty straightforward. No one really – they were not on the bubble in any way. Anthony Jennings may have teetered to the bubble, but I think, you know – He was maybe he earlier played. in camp. He, he yeah. solidified himself uh, yeah. in the middle there. Agreed. Physically unable to perform, Trey Flowers, he is still on the list because he was out of practice today, and they waived Ronnie Perkins and Carson Wells. Ronnie Perkins, I thought, I didn't think he had a shot at the 53. I thought maybe he did because he was at practice today, and he was one of the last guys that we heard about not making the roster, but I do think he's going to be back on the practice squad. What do you think about that? I think he'll be back. I think anybody who was at practice today, there's a good chance that that Mm -hmm. they're on the practice squad. So I, I, I think he'll be back on the practice squad, but he... 
I just talked about the Sam Roberts, right? Those those Green Bay practices, the, the padded practices leading up to the Titans game. Sam uh, uh, Ronnie Perkins wasn't there. He played in the game mm. and he played well in the game. But that to me, that was my last roster spot when I was doing my last projection was Sam Roberts versus Ronnie Perkins. And it came down to two good weeks versus two good hours, basically. And so I think Ronnie Perkins definitely showed enough to stick around on the practice squad and continue developing. But to me, Sam Roberts had the edge on him because there was just more there for the coaches to look at. Agreed. All right, linebacker. We've got Juwan Bentley, Jelani Tavai, Mac Wilson Sr., who I did not think was going to make the roster. Um, Marte Mapu, that's just – he's a safety. I don't know why they have him at linebacker, but, you know, whatever. Chris Board, who, as you said, is like a Brandon Bolden type where he's a special teamer, but he could play enough linebacker that it's fair to put him there. They waived Calvin Munson – or, I'm sorry, they uh, released Calvin Munson. They – waived Joe Giles Harris, who was actually at practice today. I thought that was surprising. And practice they already ended. waived Diego Fago. Calvin Munson, I believe, Karen, I believe it was Karen, reported that he is it was, expected uh, Mark to Daniels. Be Mark Daniels, I apologize. Yeah. My bad, Mark. Uh, yeah, that he's expected to be back. Any real thoughts there? Is that another? Actually, yeah. What did you think of the Mac Wilson? Because I thought we were kind of on the same page if he was pretty, like, squarely on the bubble. Marte Mapu Insurance, they want another athletic linebacker. He plays teams as well, and they've kind of yeah. let some of those special teams guys go. So not not super surprised, especially once you saw some of the, you know, you saw them go thin at running back. Mm. It was like, all right, well, they're probably opening up spots for something on defense because the rest of the offense was kind of cut and dry. You sort of knew they were keeping on the offensive line. With receivers, it it was either five or six, but that spot was kind of what it was. Uh, even cutting Bailey Zappi, too, it was clear they were opening up more spots on defense. Mm. All right, cornerback. Also, um, yeah, Matt Wilson, special teams, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Cornerback. Now, this is one that was surprising because this is one where every time I did a roster projection, I was like, I feel like I don't know what they're going to do with Sean Wade and Mere Speed. After Isaiah Bolden's unfortunate injury, I thought it was pretty obvious that he was probably going to land on injured reserve. You saw even before he was yeah. injured, he just he needs he needs more cooking. He needs more experience. He needs to learn, get used to the NFL game. So I think that was kind of a best case scenario for him. There was hmm. a there was a question. I wondered if they would roster him then I arm him mm-hmm. in order to make him eligible in case, you know, it got to an emergency point where they needed another corner late in the year, they'd have him available. I think that was a that was a fair question. But yeah, they just because you'd still get that roster spot, but they I don't know. I guess they uh they didn't want to try getting Ramondre Stevenson through waivers after Bailey Zappi. So, and and I also thought the thing is I I was on the same page. Where I'm like, are they going to really get rid of Isaiah Bolden for the whole year? If Sean Wade hadn't taken a step forward this yeah. preseason, I would have thought you can't get rid of Isaiah Bolden because he's just your next guy who's big, athletic. Yeah, it's going to be a learning curve, but like you don't really have any other options. I actually spoke to Sean Wade today because I thought when he popped against the Texans against John Mechie, I was like, hmm. He usually gets burned in the slot or in general. So I was kind of surprised by that. And he really, I thought he had the touchdown against Jaden Reed, against the Packers. But really, I thought that was a lot of other factors. And I thought his coverage was pretty okay. Um, it was like Jordan Love had forever to hold the ball. Adrian Phillips may have been responsible for giving him help inside. I'm not sure what exactly the call was there. So I'm not going to judge too harshly. But I thought Sean Wade did better. I asked him about that today, like what, how he progressed. He said confidence was a big part of that which obviously a cornerback confidence is everything because you can have all yeah. the athleticism in the world. If you don't trust what you're seeing, you don't trust your instincts. You're kind of screwed. Jack Jones for better or worse, trust the hell out of his instincts and it leads to him being in a position to make a lot of plays. Amir speed. 
again, Brandon Bolden type, where he's really more of a special teamer, especially right now, maybe for the duration of his career. But we saw him in man coverage, kind of at safety at times against tight ends. We saw him outside a cornerback. I thought he was really good at run support, had a couple uh, nice plays in the preseason. And they waved Quandre Mosley and Rodney Randall Jr. I don't think that was really surprised anybody. Um, any other kind of big takeaways there? I think with Sean Wade, it's interesting you bring up that confidence thing. Here's a guy that was a highly recruited player coming out of high school, four or five star crew coming out, excuse me, out of high school, played slot mm-hmm. corner at Ohio State, played it very well for two years. And then he was a projected first round pick going into his third year at Ohio State, and they moved him to the boundary, and he just couldn't do it. It just, he's not a boundary corner, can't, can't figure it out. And I think that shot his confidence. I, I think he essentially had to relearn how to play a little bit, and that's why he's been a project player the last couple of years. If they're committed to playing him in the slot, maybe he's refound that confidence he had at Ohio State. The other mm-hmm. thing in that is if they plan on playing him in the slot and they kept him and they kept Miles Bryant, that tells me that Jonathan Jones and Marcus Jones are still going to be playing on the boundary this year. So you can take that for what it's worth. People know how I feel about that, especially with Marcus Jones. I don't love it. It's not that he can't do it. I just think at a certain point, height is height. Mm-hmm. But I do think that you're going to see those those smaller primary boundary corners playing on the outside again this year. I will say, Sean Wade got plenty of reps on the outside as well, both in practice and the preseason. Um, like Once you saw Isaiah Bolden out, Wade started playing. I, he, again, he was mixed in before that, but he started playing more. And he also showed that he could play some safety. I asked him about that. He was like, yeah, the biggest thing is, because especially the biggest thing with, I think, free safety is in the Patriot system, like you don't need to be a playmaker. That's a bonus. The entire point is you will not give up posts. Can't give up anything deep in the middle. And you have to be that last line of defense where you're a reliable tackler. And he said, yeah, at that point, like I just kind of get back to my fundamentals where you got to force him to the boundary. You play the inside hip, yada, 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 football stuff. But uh, I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Safety. Another one that's ah, it's straightforward, but there was one kind of surprising guy that got waived. So Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, Jabril Peppers, Jalen Mills. We knew they were going to make the team. Joshua Bledsoe was somebody who I don't know about you, but I went back and forth on because I didn't think he deserved a roster spot. I told you about this. I was like, yeah. I don't think he deserves a roster spot, but I know that you had him on. And Brad Hawkins, I did think he made a couple plays in the preseason, but not enough that he deserved to make the 53. I think he's probably a guy who can make the practice squad. What were your thoughts on Joshua Bledsoe? And did you ever come around to like, maybe he's more of a practice squad guy at this point? So I was kind of with you. I, I Again, when I do my roster projection, it's not what I would do. It's what I think they're going to do. I'm trying right. to read them and – how much he was playing, who he was playing with in the preseason. That told me he was a part of it. Now, maybe he's a guy they know they're going to elevate off the practice squad. He still will be. They were treating him like a guy they were going to keep. The guy, the, the role he was practicing in, the usage he was getting generally reflects a guy that makes the initial 53. So that's where I was coming from. I'm with you. I, I don't know that he's one of the 53 best players on the roster. I don't think he is. But I was a little surprised to see them telegraph that and then end up waving him. That's fair, especially because he's at the end of his deal. It would be one thing if he was like a second-year player and you're right. cutting that contract as someone who I agree. The way they were using him, like he was in the rotation with Jalen Mills, Miles Bryant, and Joshua. And he, he is Joshua Bledsoe. But he was in that three-safety rotation in the first game. So I'm like, okay, they clearly think highly of him because these are their top backups. And he was playing a lot of different roles. Like a Marte Mapu, to be very honest, where he's playing linebacker. He's playing strong safety. He's playing free safety. Um, but again, now he has time to cook. They have plenty of options. He's not somebody that's really going to need to play this year if all goes well. Kicker, they traded Nick Folk to the Titans. Now, this seemed pretty likely. We thought that there was – I know you also had an idea that they might kick both, which was fair because Chad Ryland, we saw in windy conditions, and we saw, I saw it in Green Bay as well in those joint practices, he missed two or three kicks in like a day. 
because he has this tendency to kick very high. He's got the powerful leg. His kicks go so high that you can't always tell if they're in or not because they go over the goalposts. But because of that, the wind will take them sometimes. And if it's a really gusty day, his kicks will just miss and it doesn't look good. So it was very fair to think that Nick Folk might have actually made the roster so they could have some insurance there. But there was also the possibility that they moved him. His family's in Texas. So it made sense that he would probably go somewhere. I think they were talking about it a few places. It seemed like the Rams, the 49ers, and the Titans were the most likely destinations. He wound up in Tennessee. What were your thoughts on that? That's what they should have done all along. It, he yeah. had too much value to cut him. I didn't love the idea of keeping two. I think they thought about it. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe they could have gotten a little bit more. I wonder if it was a thing where they kind of honored where he wanted to go. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is how this always should have ended. They got this one right. Yep, I agree. Punter. Bryce Berenger won the job. Corliss Waitman was waived. Do you think he'll be back on the practice squad? Yeah, I think they want to keep a lefty a lefty punter around, just kind of yeah. prepare for that in games. Also, you know, you have a rookie. There's some natural hesitance that comes with that, having a plan B 100%. that's already in the building that you've experienced with. Now, Waitman's a guy I could see maybe not getting claimed. I don't think he's going to get claimed off waivers, but you get a couple weeks in the season, somebody's punter gets hurt. It really sucks. Like he's probably going to be one of the top free agent punters available. He's on the practice squad. So maybe he gets a chance to go to the 53 somewhere else, but I think at least to start the season, he'll be on the practice squad. I'll give you another interesting number on this too. Yes, please. If I can find it here. So this is why I think it's important. I, I honestly also wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots signed a rookie uh, or sorry, signed a kicker, any kicker, not a rookie kicker, actually a veteran kicker to the practice mm. squad. Because uh, the last time a team had a rookie kicker and punter both week one was the Miami Dolphins in 2015. The last time a rookie kicker and punter both played at least 10 games for the same team in the same year was 2018 with the Raiders. This isn't something that happens a lot. Might not be bad to have insurance plans. They shouldn't need them. You drafted these guys or you drafted them. The expectation should be they play 17 games. But also maybe have insurance, especially given the way their drafts have gone recently. If that tells us anything, they should have a plan B ready. How the hell did you find that? <laughs> uh, pro football reference. I searched. Uh, I did game, up? game finder. I, I put in the criteria. Yeah. I just had it. I had to do it individually. So I had to do like kickers. So I did like season finder, right? Mm. Um, only kickers and punters, rookie year played at least 10 games. Uh, and then I had to see, you know, I looked at each year and I said, all right, there are two guys for the same team this year, two guys for the same team. That and then I did the same thing in the single game finder with uh week one games. You're a pros pro buddy. I appreciate you. Oh, I, I, I poke around on pro football reference. Michael Hurley will tell you that. Yeah. You, you are to like data what I am the film. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> although Which you're very funny good at film. I'm not, <laughs> I got, I, I do too. I just, I'm absolutely terrified. Um, long snapper. Any takeaways there? <laughs> no. Uh, Tucker Addington, I didn't even realize he'd gotten signed after getting cut by the Patriots. He got cut Jeez. by, I think it was the Seahawks. They got cut by somebody today. So good for him. He's hanging around. Absolutely. But Let's see. He is... I, I bet Joe Cardona. Jaguars. Really... Jaguars. Okay. Jaguars. I knew it was something with, with like teal, blue, green. Uh, <laughs> I bet, uh, um, first of all, I appreciate, this is this is classic Barth, what you're doing right here, covering every position, even if it doesn't really need to be covered. I love that. Uh, I bet Joe Cardone is a little relieved because different kickers want the ball held differently, so that means snap differently. Different punters want the ball snapped differently. He gets to just focus on work. Well, he gets to focus on work with like one battery 
it's mm-hmm. it's he's snapping to Ryland or he's snapping to, to Beringer, period. And then Ryland will kick, but Beringer's the holder. So a little less on his plate. I'm sure he's he's gonna enjoy that the next couple of days. Absolutely. We love Joe Cardona. Coverage specialists, last position on the roster. We have Matthew Slater, we have Brendan Schooler. They were locks. Wave Rally Webb. I guess you could call him a receiver because he plays receiver a lot in the preseason and like with the threes in practice. But I mean, I I could not bring myself to call him a receiver. No offense, but like realistically, that's not what he is. Practice squad. I think so. I think he'll be back. Uh, Calvin Munson insurance, Amir Speed insurance. Keep a couple specials around. Yeah, because they already got they lost to Marcus Mitchell, which broke my heart. And ah, what about Jordan Healing? Uh, yeah, did he get signed anywhere? I'm looking it up right now. Uh, don't see that he signed anywhere. Wonder what the situation is with him then. Like, was he hurt or what's going on there? Maybe they just realized they wanted less specialists. I I don't know. That one was still weird to me. Yeah, especially considering how much time he spent with Slater and Schooler. But uh, Bud, that's the end of the roster. We got through everybody. Go. Not going to take now. For now, I I I hate the initial. For now, of course. For the record, I hate the initial roster. I hate because how many teams actually play a game with their initial fifty-three man roster? Very few, if any. No, no. I, 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 I love Thursday. Thursday night, we'll have the practice squads built. We'll have waiver claims in. We'll know who's on IR. Thursday night, that's it, nothing against what we just did. I understand why of this course. is notable. I understand why this is what you talk about, but like the whole thing because we have to answer a million people. I'm getting a million tweets all day. They're a backup quarterback. What are they going to do? Back gets hurt. The offense like No, they're going to have a backup quarterback. They don't play for two weeks. They're going to have a backup quarterback. It might be somebody they elevate from the practice squad, but they will have a second quarterback dress on uh, game day. The only one, on, like wide receiver, oh, six wide receivers, what's the point? They're going to have five. Taekwon's going to go on IR. The only spot, honestly, I wonder about is running back. Yeah. I there's too many other guys to sign. So the two guys who are going on IR, Tyquan Riley Reef, I would think. That's not a report. That's just reading the tea leaves. Yeah. All right. We know, according to Mark Daniels, Calvin Munson's getting one of those spots. Mm-hmm. Time Montgomery get the other. Does JJ Taylor get the other? Because there's some other guys who think like Carl Davis could be back. Maybe Ronnie Perkins comes back. Maybe they just sign the quarterback outright. Mm-hmm. Maybe they sign Bailey Zappi outright or Colt McCoy outright. Uh and then, you know, you go to practice squad elevations. It sounds like you can't get J.J. Taylor on the practice squad. So is it Ty Montgomery being elevated? Is it is somebody we don't even know? I'll tell you this today, another name to watch. And I, I try to limit myself because it's very easy. Guys get cut around the league. Call that guy. Call that guy. Call that guy. Call that guy. I already brought up Danny Shelton. I already brought up Zach Koontz. I'll give you one more. I would love for the Patriots to call Jack Coletto. He got cut by the Niners today. Now, they he might get claimed before they get him because mm-hmm. he had a really good preseason. If you're not familiar with Jack Coletto, he was on their team at the Shrine Bowl out of Oregon State. He plays fullback, tight end, off-ball linebacker. He's a two-way player. And he's kind of that, like, in San Francisco, they were looking at him. They were like, people thought Juszczyk was going to be the surprise roster cut. That's how good Coletto really? was this summer. That. I don't know that everybody thought that, but I saw some people speculating. Enough. If anybody's thinking it, I'm intrigued. So he's a good blocker, right? He can give you some tight end depth. And also, you need him to play linebacker. You can do that. Obviously, he plays special teams. Of course, he plays special teams. They're familiar with him with the Shrine Bowl. I really thought they were going to draft him. That is a guy I would like to see them call because he can also. He's played a little bit of traditional running back too. Now, he's not a traditional pass catching back, but 
he can handle that role. He's mm-hmm. been essentially in that role as a fullback. So that's another guy I, I, I'd like to see him call. I think maybe he gets claimed. He'll definitely get to the Packers practice squad, if not uh, the uh, Niners practice squad, if not, because I think the, the plan, even if it's from the practice squad, is for him to, I think, uh, use checks in the last year of his deal is for him to follow use check. But that's an interesting guy I'd, I'd call. All right, buddy. Well, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Your insights are highly valued as always. This was fun. Actually, are there any other receiving backs you can think of? Just because I'm thinking, if Ty Montgomery, even if he's back on the roster, gets hurt, they lose J.J. Taylor, I think they want some kind of insurance, and I don't think they think it's Kevin Harris. Is there anybody else you could see who was waived today that you think they might have interest in? Not today, and uh, let me make sure he didn't sign, but no, he didn't sign. Kenya Drake got cut like last week. Yeah. That's the guy I would call. Um, the only other guy, but I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he made the team. Evan Hole made the Colts at, with Jonathan Taylor holding out there. After that pass block, he had to. Like, Twitter yeah. would have gone feral if they cut that guy. <laughs> uh, I, I, Kenyon Drake to me makes a lot of sense for them. I, I don't know why they didn't call him before. I don't, if they were going to not sign Damian Harris, I thought Kenyon Drake made a lot of sense when they signed James Robinson, who, by the way, got cut mm. today. So that's, that's the guy I'd, I'd, I'd look at. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you. Everybody here knows who you are. His handle's right there. I'm not going to do the whole regular spiel, but just let everybody know what work you got. Plug away. Yeah, 985thesportshub.com. I'll have reactions to the initial roster and a little something on the 2022 draft coming out uh, either tonight or tomorrow. Fantastic. You all know that Alex does excellent work. Make sure you check that out. I myself will also have some reactions trying to come out tonight um, for the initial 53 again understanding that this is not the roster that they're going to head into the season with. Uh, But thank you all for tuning in. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We will see you next time.